There's a line in every city that separates the rich from the poor, the strong from the weak, the haves from the have-nots. It's a street, the train tracks, a river, a sidewalk. It's time to cross the line. Serve the City is a global movement of volunteers showing kindness in personal ways to people in need. We are the connection between the good intentions and talents of people who could volunteer and a meaningful opportunity to get involved. Serve the City is for everyone. It's a revolution, a serving revolution, and it's going to change the world. Cross the line, serve the city. Hi, I'm your host, Ani Deal. This is Serving Stories, a new podcast by Serve the City. Welcome to today's episode, where we cross the line in Lisbon. Lisbon, Portugal, was the capital of an ancient seafaring empire at the westernmost edge of the European continent. Today, tourists go to Lisbon to enjoy the beautiful beaches, ride the quaint trolley cars, sample some good Portuguese wine. On an April evening, just like this one, you might venture into the historic Alfama district in search of a restaurant serving good seafood and perhaps featuring some fado music. But if you were to cross the city to a university cafeteria where the students have just finished eating and you would go down to the kitchen, you'll probably hear another kind of music being made. Uh, well, tonight we're cooking uh, codfish with cream and vegetables and for dessert, sweet rice. So it's a famous dessert here in Portugal and everybody really likes it. It's super sweet. And yeah, we're just trying to do a little treat for everybody tonight. What you'll find in this university cafeteria is actually the Serve the City Lisbon community dinner. Two times a month, volunteers come to prepare and serve a three-course meal. They decorate the tables with candles and all of this is served to marginalized people in the city. This is a meal that's not just for them, it's also with them. Because the volunteers are not only making the meals, they're also eating the meals with the guests. Alfredo Abreu, the national director of Serve the City Portugal, describes the participants for us. We now serve around uh, 300 people, including 130, 140 volunteers, and uh, a number of people in need, not just homeless, but also elderly who live in isolation, uh, refugees, um, drug addicts, uh, all kinds of people come, and we sit together and share a meal together. The people who come as guests to the dinner are as varied as Lisbon's needs. We have groups of uh, deaf and mute people who come, and they make this their gathering spot every two weeks. Um, they come from all over the greater area, and they sit at the tables and have a great time and teach volunteers how to communicate with their hands. Some learn sign language and others not so much. We have older people who are part of some of our other projects that receive visits from other volunteers during the week. Um, we have families, um, low-income families, sometimes who bring their children. Um, so yeah, we have lots of different groups of people who, who come and call this their community. This is Sam Schwartz an American who now works for Serve the City in Lisbon. We're about the community, not so much about the dinner. The dinner's great, but we're mostly about the community, and that means with the volunteers and the guests alike. The community dinner initiative started in 2011 in response to the needs that Serve the City volunteers saw in the city, 
as they gave away food to homeless people on the streets. Alfredo told us about how his fellow volunteer Jordan had the initial idea. And, um, we visited some people who lived in uh, difficult places, garbage dumps, and um, particularly one man was very frail. He had polio as a child, and so he wouldn't uh, be able to come out as often. But he lived in the most miserable situation you can imagine. And every other week we would go there and give him some food and talk with him a little bit. And one day Jordan had the idea of actually setting up a proper dinner at that place. Uh, with all the huge rats, lots of garbage, and a uh, few drug addicts. And um, we set up tables with um, tablecloth and china uh, and uh, cutlery and a, a, a proper meal that was uh, done with a lot of love. And we even invited a singer to come and play for us. And so it kind of a romantic dinner in the middle of the garbage dump. And uh, at the end of the evening, we asked uh, our friend what he felt about it. And he said, well, this is good. I wish we could have more of that. The man on the garbage dump was not the only person moved by that first dinner. A video of it moved Sam and his family from another city in Portugal to Lisbon just to help out. I first was in contact with Serve the City when I saw a video of the community dinners in Lisbon when I was still living in Porto. And I actually moved to Lisbon in part to become a volunteer of Serve the City Lisbon. When I saw the video of homeless, poor people sitting alongside of uh, volunteers who were playing music and serving a dignified dinner in the streets of Lisbon, there was just something beautiful about it. It all made sense to me that people crossing the normal social lines that people don't usually cross, cross the line. It did something amazing, and I could see it on the video of the very first community dinner in Lisbon, which happened in 2011. Both Alfredo and Sam stress that the importance of community dinners isn't just that they give hungry people food. Well, actually, there are a lot of organizations um, distributing food every night in Lisbon, so we wouldn't need to give uh, any more food. There's plenty of food out there. What people don't have is, number one, a place where they can feel safe and comfortable for a little while. Many eat standing up in plastic cups, uh, they are always looking over their shoulder because someone is aggressive towards them. There's a bit of a competition. Sometimes it's a bit of a jungle out in the streets. And um, so finding a place where you can actually not be, you know, afraid of anything, just sit comfortably, be served, that uh, is even more important than the food. But even more important than that is the fact that you are actually sitting with people that are not your usual crowd. It's not a group of homeless people. This is a community dinner. The dinner is important because sitting down and eating a meal with someone is one of the most dignified things that human beings do. When we receive a friend or a family member into our hometown or into our house, we sit with them. Or if we want to go out and share time with them, it's usually over a meal or a meal sometime during that, that period in which we're with them. So therefore... Um, the meal is a place where everyone is equal. You sit around a table, you share stories about life, and it's dignified. You eat the same food, you drink the same drink, and you just share life together. This is a lot of work to coordinate every other week. It involves planning and especially flexibility. I call Medina. 
e sou a coordenadora dos jantares a nível nacional em, em Portugal. A cada jantar varia um pouco, mas serão entre 130 a 140 voluntários. Dina Melu de Figueira is the coordinator for Serve the City Community Dinners throughout Portugal, not only in Lisbon, but also in the cities of Porto and Coimbra. In Lisbon, she normally coordinates around 130 to 140 volunteers for each dinner, and each dinner welcomes about the same number of guests. At tonight's dinner, a windy April evening in 2019, there are, as always, five teams of volunteers running the dinner. One, a kitchen team that prepares the dinner. Two, a welcome team that welcomes the volunteers and guests. Three, a serving team that sets up and waits on tables. Four, a dining team that sits and eats with the guests at the tables. And five, Dina's organizing team that coordinates all the other teams. The dinners are never the same. Even though many times the guests are the same, they don't come with the same attitude each time. And that can become a challenge for me. No, no, it does not make me nervous. Well, in the beginning it did, a little. But now I have dealt with many surprises. The evening all starts in the kitchen, just after the university cafeteria has closed. The first ones that arrive are the, the kitchen team who prepare the meal. They work hard with their hands to prepare a tasty meal, and the meal is served at 8, so they're here for four hours doing prep and plating and serving the meal uh, until it's 10 o'clock at night, so it's serious volunteer work. It may be serious volunteer work, but it sounds like they're having a lot of fun. My name is Diana. My name is Alice. My name is Leonor. My name is Katerina, and I have no idea how long I've been here because uh, it's just, it started, and uh, now it's obvious that it's part of my life. So I, I didn't know them before I came here, and this is the, the usual, um, what usually happens with us. We just get to know each other in here and eventually we become a big family, a big team working all for this. Francisco, another kitchen volunteer, explains where the different members of the team come from. None of us work on kitchen, so this is what we do for volunteer and we have different uh, kind of jobs. She's a lawyer, I'm working finance, uh, I don't know, she's working on the cutting glaze, she's a student, She's a student as well, he's worked with also a lawyer, so it's like this. That's what we're trying to do, do our best. People are bustling around, adding cream and cinnamon to the rice pudding, stirring the sauces. A small man in a white jacket is laying out pieces of cod in a baking tray. Alfredo tells us more about this volunteer. He came to our first dinner, uh, one of our first dinners, he was so... Uh, under the influence of the alcohol, he couldn't um, possibly know where he was. But um, he sat for a while at the table, and then he threw up. He went to the bathroom, and he threw up more, and then he passed out. And um, so he fell on the floor, and then we couldn't open the door. We couldn't help him. It was a mess. That uh, whole toilet compartment was a mess, all full of vomit, and he was laying on the floor. It was pretty stressful. But uh, we managed to get him out to clean the whole place, cleaned him up, set him at the table, gave him soup uh, and tea. And, um, and then at the end of the dinner, he was feeling more aware of him, whatever was going on. And he told us, um, I want to be like you guys. I want to be a volunteer. 
Well, it was the first time ever that someone we were trying to help wanted to come to the other side, and we didn't know if he was capable. So we told him, well, if you come back in 15 days and you're sober, you can join our team. And there he was. When we arrived, he was already there waiting for us. Um, he was sober. He's been helping now for seven years. And uh, he's uh, probably the volunteer with more hours of service and the longer hours because he works with the kitchen team and uh, he's dreaming about the next stages in his life. He's from Africa, where he probably could start a restaurant in Africa. Up at the entrance, the welcome team is getting ready to greet the other volunteers and guests who are beginning to arrive. Here we are in the arrival spot of our community dinners. It's a big open space, kind of like a big terrace, where both volunteers and guests are arriving. And the volunteers are going to one side, going to their check-in and leaving their belongings. And the guests are going to go get their tickets and getting everybody getting name tags so that everybody knows each other's names and we break all those uh, name barriers as quickly as possible. And then some of the guests and the volunteers come back and they hang out and they begin the fellowship and the being together here on this nice, sunny, relatively warm evening here in Lisbon. Sitting at a table in the entryway, there's a smiling volunteer wearing a Serve the City t-shirt. She welcomes us and gives us name tags to put on our shirts, saying how important it is to know each other's names. Okay. So, my name is Sofia. Um, what do we do? Um, this team, the, the, the welcome team, we welcome the guests, we welcome the volunteers also. There, there's a lot of people that come here for many, many dinners, but there's also people that are coming for the first time, so we have to explain them what's going on. We let them know that we're here, and we guide them around, and we also are a listening ear to, to listen as they share stories. Um, we have lots of contact with different people, little bits, you know, and if you add up the weeks and the months and the years, it adds up to a lot. We give them hugs. Like I said, we give them kisses. And so we have just lots of interaction with them. And it allows us to make the bridge and to be a family for them, to be known faces. Around the corner of the building, we come to an outdoor courtyard with some chairs where early arriving guests are waiting already. Oh, as our guests arrive, they go around the outside of our windowed uh, dinner hall, mm -hmm. where they get tea, um, water, and when it's, when it's warm. And then they come over to the other side, where we've created kind of like an esplanade, an outdoor seating area, where they hang out, where we have volunteers uh, receiving them. And so, yeah, this is the place that they wait until dinner time. We also have an interior waiting spot for people who are handicapped or older or need a safer place. And at dinner time, these people actually go sit down first. They won't feel the rush or the need to have people pressing in behind them. And we'll have another volunteer with these people just talking and, and catching up with them. Sam introduces us to one of the guests and asks him to say what he likes about the dinners. My name is Luis. I've been coming to the dinners for about eight years and I enjoy the fellowship and the people here and the way that I'm treated. We can see various members of the team in their Serve the City shirts, wandering around having conversations with people who are waiting. But as well as making everyone feel comfortable, 
They also have the very important role of ensuring security in a compassionate way. They're on the lookout for anyone who is intoxicated or on drugs. And instead of letting them into the dinner right away, a member of the team might sit with them outside as they sober up. And occasionally, there is trouble that they have so, to deal with. One of our most known uh, guests, he's been coming as long as I have. Um, he's kind of like the, the court jester. But sometimes he has problems, and once in a while he drinks. And we've had a problem where he's actually become a little bit violent. And this person um, had an episode, actually broke something. And um, it was fairly serious, but the person came back. And he actually went to everybody that he offended, that he could think of, and asked for forgiveness and confessed that he had done something wrong and that he wanted to help protect the environment of the dinner and promised to never do it again. And he continues to come to this day. But tonight, everything is looking peaceful. Deaf people are conversing in sign language. Elderly people in wheelchairs sit inside with cups of tea. Everyone is excited about this dinner. The tone is set for the evening. And so we receive everybody, volunteers and guests, and sometimes even volunteers have bad days, as we all know, and come and they need a hug or they need a smiling face, and that's the job of the host team, to make sure things are safe and to help people know that they're welcome here and they're in the right place. last half hour, volunteers have been streaming in and receiving their name tags. This group of volunteers looks more anxious and uncertain, because for most of them, it is the first time they've come. These are the members of the serving team who will set up the tables, serve the meal, and take it all down at the end of the evening. They're also the ones who have financially sponsored this evening's dinner. So, um, community dinners are financed by usually the serving team. Um, which is a business or a church group or a school group or even people who celebrate a big birthday party and want to invite their friends instead of paying a whole bunch of money to go out to eat. Then we have like IT companies. Uh, we have um, uh, small companies like a five or six people company um, and, and that, that work on the, on the mobile, mobile industry. They do some software for the, the shops, and it's interesting because they invite their, their, their employers, their em employees, and they invite their customers to come to serve the dinner. So it's, it's interesting, it's another approach for, for them. Andre Mota, whom you've just heard, is the staff member in charge of recruiting, coordinating, and briefing the serving teams who sponsor each community dinner. Basically, I have to, the, my work starts long long time ago normally six eight months before the community dinner so i have to recruit the, the company so i have to go there and have some meetings and and just presenting the community dinner the project uh, and then if they agree to do a community dinner so we book the date and then uh, we start working on the the items for them to come sometimes the serving team comes from a corporation but other times the dinner might be sponsored and served by a school a church, or another NGO. Andre generally meets with the group at least three times during the months beforehand, not only to work out the logistics and the donation, but also 
to help those serving get a new perspective on people in need. And then we do a presentation on the company like 15 days or one week before the community dinner. And that presentation is just inspirational. So we go there, we tell some stories about the community dinner, uh, we answer some questions that they have. Sometimes people, okay, you're going to serve a, a dinner with homeless people. And the, the, my image of homeless people normally is wrong because I saw that guy sitting on the streets uh, with bad aspect, uh, probably smelling bad. And we're going there and telling them, okay, it's true, but behind that there's a person. So we value the person as, as, as they are. So we try to uh, change their paradigms about uh, the homeless people or the elderly people. Many of the sponsoring groups want to come back every year, maybe more than once. The result is that Andre has volunteer groups scheduled for every dinner for the next 20 months. So many volunteers want to participate that Serve the City Lisbon are considering starting a second dinner in another part of the city. Thus, the impact of the Serve the City community dinners is not just on the people in need. It's also on the hearts and lives of the volunteers. Okay, one, probably the best story is we have a, a huge foundation in Portugal, which is called Fundação Carlos Kulbenkian. It's a, probably the major foundation in Portugal. And one of their leaders uh, came f to the um, community dinner the first time invited by a homeless guy because he was doing uh, volunteering with another with one of our partners that does uh, rounds around the city during the night, just putting, giving milk and, and sandwiches. And he was invited by that guy. As Andre was telling this story about Gonzalo, it started to sound a little familiar. In fact, it sounded a lot like a story that had been told by one of the kitchen team. Okay, so I'm Caterina. And I actually knew about this dinner through my father. He usually went on to, uh, the, um, the trips at night with Comunidade Vida e Paz. And they, they give some, some food to homeless people. And uh, once this guy that he met on the street, he asked him out to have dinner. So they become friends and he asked him out for dinner. And my father thought that it was really weird, you know. He was not going to pay me for dinner. And he said, no, don't worry, it's free. It's a free dinner and you just come have dinner with me. And so my father went to the dinner. He didn't know what he was, he was expecting. So you just imagine the, the, the CEO of that foundation was invited by a homeless guy to come to the community dinner. And he came. And when he got here, I, I recognized him because I, we were in, together in, in a few uh, activities before. Uh, we talked a little bit. And, and, and he, he, was, he was impacted by the community dinner uh, because uh, these are, are their words. Uh, we don't solve all the problems in the world. We're just here for three hours having a dinner and treating these people as people. So that was impacting for Gonzalo. And he just fell in love with it and thought, okay, this, this is amazing. And how can I do this more often? And he actually works with a company that started um, coming to this dinners, to, to fund the dinners. And now I come every time I can with him. Tonight is, is not here, but we usually come here and together, sometimes in the kitchen, sometimes um, volunteering in other places, but 
always here every other week. <laughs> Andre told us a little bit more about tonight's serving team. It's uh, a company, so th that's the, the company that comes today to the community dinner. It's, um, it's the general secretary of the, the prime minister cabinet. So we're having all their employers that are working with the government coming tonight to serve the dinner. Uh, it's the first time that they come, so we know some of them. But uh, uh, it's, it's impacting also having someone from the government being in impact and serving the city at this level, just looking at the faces of the people. Because normally they serve the people, but they are serving in a building. And they're putting up laws and taxes and everything, but it's so far away from the people. So the opportunity for them to come here and to really serve people, looking them on the eyes, is going to be amazing. In the dining hall, the organizing team has set up one of the tables, where Alfredo is about to brief tonight's serving team. Sam tells us about what will happen. So we're standing here in a place where a briefing for the service team is going to happen in just a matter of minutes. And we have one table set in front of us. It has eight chairs for places for people to sit. And it has glasses, uh, silverware or flatware, bread, a little encased butter, a fancy napkin, a candle in the middle, and a menu that has the menu of the night, which we're going to be eating salted cod, which is one of our national dishes. And it also has the name of the service team and also has an inspirational quote. And so this is the typical look of our, our dinner table. And so these, these uh, volunteers are going to set their tables basically the same as this one here. The volunteers gather around, wearing their new Serve the City shirts, obviously feeling a little unsure. But Alfredo starts the briefing and helps them to understand what it is that they are doing. He explained to us afterwards what his briefing was about. For the team who's serving, usually comes from a company, from a church, from an association. Like tonight is the, what, the, what they call the presidency of the government. So at the main building of the government, where they try to coordinate the action of all the ministries, <clears throat> they have a number of people working there. And with their general secretary, they came and served the dinner tonight. So because these, most of these groups come only once in a while, or maybe just for the first time, we try to tell them that they are not just serving food. They are providing the setting for the encounter that feeds the change that we need in the city. And so by explaining that with a few stories, people immediately change the way they serve. They are not, no longer giving food to the poor. <clears throat> they are actually uh, helping people to feel like people and to be more people, more human. So that uh, changes the motivation. And also people go home with a sense that they've done something really special. And that, after all, all of us can. It's nothing, you know, there's no science here. All of us can do something to change the city. And this would be one of the things all of us can do. As the volunteers start setting everything up, we ask a few of them to introduce themselves and tell us how they're feeling about tonight. My name is Paula. My name is Carlos. My name is Susanna. I'm feeling nervous because it's my first time here and I have a, a double role here. I'm a volunteer, but I'm also from the organization, the, the institution that will organize the, 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 the dinner. So I'm very nervous. <laughs> I think I am. Uh, yeah, I don't know exactly what to expect. Um, 
I'm also nervous. I'm just volunteer, uh, but I just we just want to give them a special night and a normal night like other people. I'm very nervous because I don't know how to expect um, from these people, and uh, and uh, I don't know. I don't know what to expect. It. Today, the, the most important thing that uh, tell us in the briefing is that just we just have to call from the name because that's what uh, make make them a, a unique person, and they they just need attention. We have to talk with them because most of them don't have family or, or friends. And uh, I think it's the, the most important aspect. Uh, even it's, if it's even more important than the food. Meanwhile, another group of volunteers have begun to gather. These volunteers are not wearing Serve the City shirts, but are instead dressed in nice casual clothes like you might wear to a dinner party with friends. This is the dining team, the volunteers who will sit and eat at the table with guests and make conversation. In the basement, these volunteers gather to also be briefed by Alfredo. For the team that sits at the table, they are more regular people. So what I do is a briefing where we've got a few announcements, uh, usually. It's, um, let's say, team um, agenda. But then I'll try always to have either a story or a quote or a situation where I get people to transition from the work they've been doing throughout the day to get them, their hearts and minds ready to sit at the table and be available, ready to listen, to receive as well as to give. There are always different stories because every dinner generates a huge amount of stories. Some of them are very moving. And, uh, and this is amazing, like uh, another, another couple who lives in an abandoned car and uh, tonight they could not come because they were afraid someone would steal their little belongings inside the car and they were so um, sad they couldn't come but they wanted me to let, they wanted to let me know that uh, they couldn't come but they wanted to come. And now this is strange because we have a dinner every other week, every 15 days. How can you possibly remember when is the date of the dinner? And people do, because what they're actually looking for here is life-giving. They depend more and more on this, on feeling human, valued, uh, special, uh, having a chance to be on an equal basis, maybe repeating things they had in the early stages in their lives and they lost. And so people remember these days and they come and uh, it's always special because they, the food is okay, but what they want is to feed their hearts. When the briefing is finished, the volunteers go back upstairs and take their places at the tables. And then the guests are also ushered in and seated. Over 300 people are gathered to eat dinner together. Alfredo welcomes everyone to the evening, and there is a moment of silence for gratitude. Then the servers parade in with plates of delicious bacalao, the typical dish of Portugal, and everyone in the room feasts together. Back in the kitchen, all the volunteers are in high gear working to plate food for everybody. We count to the beginning and then we realize the food is enough, then we start counting. Yeah, I stop it at 20 and more than 150. We did the math inside to make the food, we did the math for 270 plates. So, yes, it's hard, but we can do it because we do it with love. Okay, 
we do our best and we trying and we listen to all other, other opinions. So put more sugar, put more salt, take this, take that, and we do all as a team. You know, I always learned that one with one hand we, we wash the other, and with both hands we wash our face. That's what we do, teamwork. You know, we always wash our face, our faces. Out in the dining hall, the conversational noise indicates that people are enjoying themselves, interacting with others at the tables. We are introduced to Jonatash Pirish, a 30-ish volunteer who looks more like a hipster than a board chair, but appearances can be deceptive. My name is Jonatash and I am a volunteer with Serve the City, right now serving um, as uh, chairman of the board in, here in Portugal and also in the community dinners. Jonatash the unlikely-looking board chairman, told us what he loved about the community dinner experience. Every time I come here, I think the most joyful thing, people ask me, how's my wife, how are my kids? No one really asks me how I'm doing, but they ask about my wife and my children because they, they like them and, and, and care for them, and some of them come and, and hug me. And to me, that is the most precious thing, and that's why I keep uh, returning, that's why I'm a volunteer, that's because I serve and because it is worthwhile um, to, to do this over the years, uh, just to know that even I am the one being transformed, but through that transformation, I get to watch all the stories playing out and to rejoice and to be happy and joyful in, in how that happens. But um, I can remember at least the story of uh, um, some, some people, at least a couple of, of men, who I met here at the community dinners and I got to see how their life was transformed from living on the street of having um, almost no relational ties to anyone, of having no hope mainly, no hope for them or for anything else. And because they started to come to the dinners and then to start, started getting involved in the whole ecosystem of relationships and love, that um, uh, began to grow out of that. I now walk, um, when, I, when I go every day to take my kids to school, they are my neighbors. Then Sam introduces us to two regular guests at the community dinners, Maria and Abilu. Maria is a tall, thin woman with long gray hair and a lovely, lovely smile. Sam asks her to say how long she's been coming to the dinners and what she likes about them. My name is Maria. I've been coming since the beginning, since the first dinner. I like the camaraderie. I like the food. And also the tables which have cutlery and plates. Now I have a house. But before, I didn't have one or food with cutlery and plates. But Serve the City always served us like that, with everything. And I come because of the friends. I have a lot of friends here. Sam asked the same question to Abilio, an older man with a mustache, wearing a suit. I call myself Abilio, and I have come for the dinner since the beginning. I like to be here because of the fellowship with the people. They have helped me a lot, particularly Alfredo and Sam. They found me a room. They gave me the support I needed when I was sleeping in the street. I care for them as if they were my family. 
Billy is one of the, the guys that came since uh, we started the community dinners. And, and last year his half-brother died uh, and with a cancer, it was tragic. But the, the, the interesting thing is uh, during the, the funeral, there were several volunteers there, several guests from the community, they, they, they went there. And um, I remember him telling me that he was sad because his brother is just left us and everything. And But he was very happy because their family was there. So looking at these people that most of them don't have families or they are far away from their families because of problems in the past, um, most of them have this... this um, interesting and, and saying okay you guys are our family you guys are the guys that are there every 15 days just giving us hugs crying with us laughing with us and you guys are our family so that's very important uh, for me uh, when, when when we we have this connection with these people um, and, and they they look at us as family so that's for me it's the top yes yeah, so what happens is when people start coming and they feel um they feel that um, they still exist, there's value still in their lives, their stories are recognized and validated. Uh, I think they gain a little bit of hope. They are willing to try new things out. And that's what happened with these friends. Um, I think the fact that they come... You know, one thing that happens often here is that if someone arrives for the first time at the dinner and probably no shoes, uh, long beard, smelling very badly, uh, maybe even alcoholic... If they come back 15 days later, they shave, they bring shoes, and they are not uh, under the influence of alcohol. And nobody told them to change. Is that just by the fact that you sit at the table and you feel one of, amongst others? You feel normal, you know? Normalcy here is important. We don't do anything extraordinary. It's just a normalcy that everybody needs to live in. And, uh, and so I think people begin to change immediately because they, they, they want more of that, of what they used to have or what they see in the others. And they naturally want to do that. It's dessert time, and more than rice pudding is on the menu as a cake with candles is brought out and everybody sings to a woman with a cane. Tonight I share the, a homeless woman who lives in the middle of a park in an open air. Um, she called me yesterday saying that she would love to come to the dinner, but uh, she's got a problem with one of her legs. She can't walk. So she asked me if I could pick her up because she wanted to come. It turns out today is her birthday. And she was really emotional because she had a, a birthday party with 300 people instead of being alone in the park. While talking to Jonathan, the board chair, that the community dinners had inspired him to sing more than just Happy Birthday. The first time I came to one of these dinners, I said, I really want to make or do something to help fund the dinners. And I, one of the things that I love doing is writing and writing songs. And I think songs have the power to change a lot of things in us and around us. So I gathered a few friends, started the crowdfunding campaign with them, and we rec recorded an album uh, that is called There Is A Place. Um, and it's mostly inspired in some, some parts of the Bible, um, of the Gospels of Jesus, but also in the experience of being and meeting people 
in the community there. So I, after having conversations at the table and hearing about life stories, I said, if we turn these into songs, they will make for pretty good songs. We made 1,001 copies because we said we want to sell more than 1,000 records. Uh, and all the profit um, went to fund and support the community dinners. And uh, not just that, we raised the whole team of volunteers to come and serve those dinners. Jean-Natasha's album raised enough money to fund about four or five dinners. And that wasn't the end of the idea. And then uh, we raised the money and then that's it. We said we want to do something that has the Serve the City spirit. Um, so because a lot of what happens in Serve the City has to do with spirit, which is what animates us. Um, and what we did was we asked the volunteers um, at the dinner, said we're going to have a concert. It's a venue for 800 people. And what we want you to do is to pick someone who usually has dinner with you and invite them to come and you pay for the ticket um, and you invite them to come to a concert with you. So there is someone bringing someone. So no one is coming alone. So we had the name tags at the entrance, the welcoming team was there. So it was lots of fun. People, you know, it was like family getting and friends getting together. Instead of having dinner, they were going to have a different kind of meal. And it was 50 musicians on stage um, with a huge gospel choir uh, and a big band. And we played the musicians from the album. In addition to the musicians from the album, Jean-Natache invited some of his friends who were well-known local singers. And these musicians appeared as a surprise performance. What makes me the most um, proud about that evening, remembering it, um, is that the, um, around 200 people occupying the front seats, they were all regular guests of our community dinner. So either people who were um, living on the street or sleeping on the street or uh, elderly people who were lonely or youth that had a very troubled life, people with alcohol, drug problems, they were there as they were in a normal dinner, just the same as everyone else. The hall where the concert was held is a large venue on one of the most prestigious shopping streets in Lisbon. But shoppers aren't the only ones who feel at home on that street. And there's the story of this man that I remember until today. It was a man who used to sleep and beg on the street of the concert hall, which is one of the most expensive streets in Lisbon in terms of real estate. And he had never set foot into that concert hall, or in fact into any of the shops <laughs> or restaurants um, on that street. And he, you know, he had like, long hair, messy, smelly, you know, just like a lot of people who sleep for a long time on the streets. Um, and on that day, he showed up um, to meet one of our volunteers. He was wearing a really nice suit, got a haircut, shaved his beard, uh, was wearing perfume. So he, in his heart, he understood that the dignity um, of that moment, of that invitation, was worth it. So he went and restored his own dignity. So he was helped in a way. We, di we didn't do anything. We set up a concert and had someone invite him, but he thought it was worth it 
to restore um, a lot of the dignity that um, on a daily basis he had already given up on. And to me that is one of the most pressure, precious treasures of what Serve the City does, is to give people opportunities to look at themselves and to say that I am loved, to understand that they are loved and that they are worth more than they think they are and that there's more to life than my circumstances. And then that is the, the spark that, to me, leads to change. Because we are not changing uh, the other people through, through service. It is what happens when we're together that gives people the strength and the motivation to realize that um, I am worth more than my circumstances tell me that I am. The guests are leaving, and the volunteers are cleaning up. It is 10.30 at night, and now the volunteers who have served and cooked and welcomed will finally get to eat dinner themselves. And as they do, they will tell stories of what they have seen and heard. We take the chance to catch up with the serving volunteers we met earlier, Paula, Carlos, and Susanna. I think it was fun and much more calm than I expected it to be. So it was a very pleasure surprise. It is fun, uh, very fun, but it's hard too. Yeah, uh, I think it was fun, but it was also hard because um, it is hard for me to understand how, how can these people uh, be so happy uh, with all the things that they passed in their lives. Um, and I think it's a reason for us to, to, ref to reflect um, because... I mean, we have everything. They don't have almost nothing. They don't have family, friends, uh, and they are still happy. And so, why, why we, we have to be always sad with our first world problems? Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> I have to think. I have to process all the information. It is always a lot to process when you encounter unusual grace in people who are rising above their circumstances. When you find people who have little volunteering to help those who have less. When you see for the first time a human being like yourself in someone who was previously just tagged with a label. Jean-Natache expresses this experience well. I think this is important for Lisbon and not just for Lisbon but focusing on Lisbon because volunteering and serving um, is deeply transformational. It, is, it starts by transforming me, by removing me from the bubble in which I live on my daily life. Um, it makes my world bigger and larger and wider because it tells me that in the larger scope of things that there are many people out there like me uh, who have the same needs, um, who have also a lot to offer but if they're only given an opportunity to to offer themselves and what they have to give then um, transformation would be something that we could all be living out on a daily basis for the better and when I say for the better I mean for a more just and equal and um, we have this, I don't know if in, in the English word, fraternal, does it exist? Okay, yeah, fraternal um, city and society. In 
We've just heard some stories about a community dinner in Lisbon, Portugal. And now I'm sitting here with Carlton Deal, the founder and CEO of Serve the City International. Hi, Carlton. Hi. You also happen to be my father, don't you? That's true. Hi, daughter. (laughs) So I'm just going to ask you, after we've heard all those stories, what is it that sticks in your mind about this community dinner? Yeah, that's great. No, I loved it. Uh, I love the stories. And the most important thing I have to say is that I was there. I was there that evening um, while the while the taping was going on. And I sat at one of the tables. Um, there were two people at the table who were guests from the street and two people there as volunteers. And of course, you could hardly tell the difference. You know, there was just a spirit of love and kindness and great conversation. Of course, I'm an English speaker and, uh, and everybody managed somehow to come up with some English. And uh, one of the guys at the table um, who lives on the street is a former, is a musician, actually former musician because something happened to his fingers and he's now to, not able to play anymore. He knows Jonatas, he was at the concert. Uh, but everybody just affirmed him so much, and it was just beautiful. Just a lovely, uh, lovely evening. That does sound beautiful. And we at Serve the City have identified six different values that we try to put into practice in all of our, um, in all of the cities across the world. Um, so, which value for you do you feel was most embodied in this particular night? Mm-hmm. Yeah, good question. I mean, I could see them all. You know, love, um, compassion. Uh, but I think the one that stands out to me is respect. Um, and I know Alfredo really well, and I've heard him talk about the community dinners many times, and I've been to several of them. And I, I think respect is really in his heart as he leads this, these community dinners. Um, that uh, people on the street, um, they're, I mean, they're the same as, as the rest of us. And how can we dignify them um, in, a, in a dinner context? And that's why it's a three-course meal. That's why the, the plates are served at the table. Um, you know, people dress up. People from the street who come, it, it, they, they, they wear their nicest clothes. So I think there's just an air of respect in the whole project. That's so wonderful, and thank you so much for sharing with us, and we look forward to future episodes of uh, Serving Stories. Sounds great. Thanks for listening to Serve the Cities podcast. I've been your host, Ani Deal. Serving Stories was produced and written by Shannon Deal. Thanks to Serve the City Lisbon, particularly Alfredo Abreu, Sam Schwartz, Andre Mota, and the rest of the team for their participation. Tech production and music was by Parker Deal, and design by Jeremy Malengro. Join us next time on Serving Stories as we travel across the Atlantic Ocean where we discover an unusual partnership between the police and faith communities as they cross the line to serve their city of Chesapeake, Virginia.